All right, Rich, you're hitting the table. You're so excited to tell me something. What do you want to tell me? Tell me, tell me, tell me. All right, so here's the deal. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to 2015. Boy, okay. Pandemic's a thousand years away. Mm-hmm. Everyone's thinking about self-driving cars, and uh, cars are going to drive themselves. That's one. When you say self-driving cars, I drew that conclusion. We're going to have self-driving cars, and we're going to get to do things like watch a TV show while we get to the office. Oh, that was going to be cars good. driving. Yeah. Was, oh. And here's the crazy thing that happened. Do you think driving a car requires a massive amount of intelligence? No. Do you think coding a React application requires more intelligence than driving a car? Yes. Yes. Do you think writing a business plan requires more knowledge and intelligence than driving a car? Yes. So then answer me this. We've stalled on driving cars, mainly because of Chinatown in New York City and our inability to see people whizzing between parked cars and smashing into us. Wait, for people who don't understand, because like, let's just put it out there. That could have sounded pretty racist if you don't know New York City. That has nothing to do with it being Chinatown. No, it has to do with mayhem. It has to do with the Manhattan Bridge ending in Chinatown <laughs> and just absolute madness. A large bridge ending in a small village yeah. is essentially what Yeah, that, that's, it is, Chinatown is absolutely, it's, no. I used, and I bike through the city. It's a disaster, yes. But what happened? We were going to have self-driving cars. Something pretty straightforward. Signal left, turn left, park the car. That stalled, and now we've got AI all over the place telling me I don't need health insurance. I don't need a doctor anymore because I could just ask the AI robot. I'm extremely suspicious because you're right. It couldn't. We we, we don't have self-driving cars, but it'll draw you a picture of like a cat in a shoe. put in yesterday um lebanese civil war as a renaissance painting mm, how'd it do is this mid-journey it was mid-journey using discord which is re- preposterous but whatever in general it's hard and like we we sh- <laughs> has software gotten better in the last eight years like what how are we using discord to interact with ai if we can do these incredibly complex things mm. What, what, I don't think we're going to get it. We were, they were predicting, I think, 10 years, like 2025. If you told me it's not until like 2040, if ever, I wouldn't be surprised. What happened? Well, this is the thing that always happens with AI and it's been happening with AI for 50, 60 years. It's the right around the corner syndrome. It's this complicated set of interactions where like the people who are true believers are like, you better get ready because the world's going to end. And the people who aren't true believers are like, okay. And then it's always pushed out just a little bit. We're seeing it with this new wave, right? Which is, it's going to write all our songs for us and write our documents and so on. What it is going to replace is the world's worst marketing messages that you sent to spam anyway. It's going to do that. Let me throw out a hypothesis and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Um, the, the human brain is vastly complex in its ability to... Um, synthesize a decision in real time with like almost instantly, like almost instantly. And what I mean by that is it's that last mile of logic that I feel like a lot of AI and self-driving cars, it's the, the one thing they have in common is they kind of 
quickly sprinted the first like 90% of the race. And then there's that last 10%. Mm-hmm. where you pretty much have to decide how are you going to navigate Chinatown or are you going to have to decide and and that's why you're seeing like a lot of the the chat GPT stuff looks incredibly impressive but if you really look carefully that last 10% is goes off the rails let me make this easy for you I can give you one word and then you'll be able to completely clarify your point neurosurgeons oh okay they go to school for how long years and then they watch surgeries for like another 10 Mm -hmm. and it's that last it's it's for those hours that they're in the room right yeah there's computers everywhere there's robots everywhere they're assisted in a million different ways there actually are yeah it's incredible actually the tools they use now um don't allow them to screw up from a like motor skills perspective Mm -hmm. it's kind of wild that's right so they can't make a mistake because the robot will keep them from making a mistake correct okay and uh but could we get rid of the human in the loop? Um, really, really hard because you need that real-time judgment. You can't, right? You can't. You can't. No it's way. it's context and it's humanity and so on. And so like, is it- An experience. Is it inconceivable that a robot could, an expert system of some kind could eventually perform better neurosurgery than most humans? No. I, I you know, I, I think like- I'm, Sure. Sure. It's, it's, it's yeah. conceivable- but what I, I think happens, what drives me bananas is that the, when I think of this as a West Coast thing, the West Coast vision of humanity is extremely narrow. And that aligns with creating products that millions of, you, you know, it's funny. You work to get the humans out of the loop until the point they're about Automation. To, they, once they get their credit cards out, that's okay. Then you want them back in the loop. But up until that, no, I'll tell you, like, remember, have you ever tried to call like Amazon for customer service early days of AWS? Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. they didn't want humans in there. Yeah, Everything needs to be as automated as possible because it's all of your efficiency and all your margins. The minute you add humans to the computers, you ruin everything. Yeah. And That's West Coast. That is a West Coast ideology. And the West Coast, but the West Coast ideology, God bless, it often doesn't include things like, re, you know, they're always ready to kill the humanities on the West Coast. We've talked about this on the podcast before. <laughs> they're always like, novels? Nobody reads novels. Yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. be frank. I haven't been reading many novels these days. I'm kind of busy, but- Nonetheless, I've read a lot in the past. Yeah. And there is a a real thing that happens, and it happens as you get older, and it happens especially if you grow up maybe without a ton of money and so on, but you realize that humans are unbelievably perverse and slippery and in- infinitely creative in the weirdest possible ways, mm-hmm. and that you can do anything you want to try to capture that. In fact, some of the greatest minds in the world have done spent their entire lives as philosophers, novelists, whatever, yeah. trying to capture every aspect of human behavior. And they just can't get it. It's not the last five years. It's the last 5,000. We've been yeah. working on this problem. Yeah. And computers don't solve it. Not in this, I mean, any more than like guns solve it or like, I don't know, hammer solve it. Yeah. And, and, and that is just the creative mind? I think so. I think that, so why is it so hard to make a self-driving car? It's not because of the cars. It's because humans are utterly unpredictable and they make incredibly bad decisions okay. all the time. So what you're saying is if we built a zone around Chinatown and said only self-driving cars are allowed. Oh, I'll fix all that for you. Absolutely. I'll, if you let me put a one-inch metal strip down the middle of the street and then block all the other traffic off, the self-driving cars will work beautifully. And so the issue is other humans. Always. Interesting. And you can't create a model of humans except in the absolute most aggregate. Even then, it falls through. 
right? What's the way to accelerate this? The way to accelerate this is to work with local governments and create like a self-driving car lane throughout the city. Mm. So you're negotiating with humanity. Now we're in the, now it's, so it's like, I'm like, oh, there's all this epistemological philosophical stuff. All it comes down to ultimately here is like regulatory, right? <laughs> so go ahead and go to the Adams administration and the Hochul administration and say, hey, we want to completely change the way traffic works in New York City. And they'll say, we're trying to do congestion pricing and it's not going well. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Like, so you're saying technology isn't the way out. We're going to have to negotiate with the humans. It always ends up that way. And that's why Google has a very, why would Google, the most automated organization in the universe, have an extremely large lobbying arm in yeah. Washington, D.C.? Yeah. Like there's yeah. buildings of Google lobbyists. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so what what did they figure out eventually? Because honestly, with AI and all these systems and self-driving, like, why would you need to regulate? Why would you need lobbyists? Yeah. You know, no, you, you, that's not how it works. You're going to get in, in these systems for all the fantasies that we have on either side that somehow we can shut the platforms down or that the platforms are going to take over the world or whatever. It, ultimately, you still have these giant regulatory frameworks in the middle, and you can look at them different ways. They could be you could see them as people with their hands out. You could see them as people who are protecting our best interests. You can see them as people who are selling out the working class. Like we have, but that's the framework we're in. So mm. you drop self-driving cars in as a, as a hypothesis, it works fine. You drop it into an environment with human beings interacting as human beings do in a relatively justice-oriented, law-oriented society. Yeah. No way. Slow yeah. down there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned Arizona. I mean, there are places where solving the puzzle is a lot easier than yeah. I mean, New York City. If we don't have self-driving car, we we can't we can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, we can't get new subways. Yeah, we, it's hard to get your trash picked up. Right, like, right, right, right. Um, yes, Arizona can have self-driving cars because it's like the each street is. You know, you know where you can. You ever been to Minneapolis? I have. Once. It's like forty-five minutes to cross the street. They're so wide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a sprawl situation of the of the first order. Let's do it there. Go find one of those like nicely constructed cities yeah. with like a 1.2 million population. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I think I think you're kind of nailing it here. I also think, you know, self-driving cars are capable of killing people. AI isn't yeah. yet, maybe down the road, but God forbid we just have buses too. Sorry, that's not I worry about this with AI is that we're really good at sort of creating this wild machine that then gets out of hand and then yeah, we gotta and, and rein it back. You don't mean like wacky robots with laser beams. No, I mean social media. It's like, oh my God, it's messing, you know, messing kids are a mess on it am... and misinformation. And now crypto and you had a lot of people losing crypto's kind of making a like the, the the shares are back up, but there'll, there'll be another day. Even so, even though they're back up, there are a lot of people who like got wiped out, like people who put their savings in it. And, and what happened with crypto too is the media is just done. Like it can't take. Nobody wants any more press releases. Nobody's going to cover it. So like, and now we're on AI, and then we're going to be like, oh, um, that drone that was supposed to deliver your Taco Bell smashed into like you know, a home. It's that, and it's not just that. Just like look. Do I even have to tell you? It's the 2024 election will be the AI bot election and we'll have to, like, that story's coming and 
and just it's I'm already I'm, yeah 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 I'm like pretty exhausted. Fake, fake articles that are generated by AI, by AI. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, I mean, who's gonna? It's Trump or DeSantis, yeah. and then their their team will start using bots and God. It, we're just it's gonna God. suck. And then Facebook will be like, "Well, this is our new policy." Yeah. Yeah, everything is. Look, I think what is different is that even at the giant platform level, everybody leans into a regulatory framework, even if they have to improvise it. Sometimes later than they need to. Yeah, but even I don't think Facebook knows. Like, I kind of doubt that 2024 will be a replay of like 2016. I think that's right. It could be other bad actors that are leveraging tech, but yes. Yeah, I just like, yeah, but where else? (laughs) There's only like a few platforms. Where are they going to go? Like, here we are. So I, I like that that part. It's hard to get because it feels like the excitement is so manufactured. And if you look at it, it, it kind of all ends up rolling back to a few incredibly wealthy individuals who sort of keep raising the stakes and raising the stakes. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, or very, very wealthy companies. And so my pleasure and excitement about technology is typically an inverse relationship to that because I like seeing people mess stuff up. Mm. Or, uh, frankly, like this goes back to the product you're building. I like seeing people clean stuff up, like, you know, make sense of the world for themselves. Well, I mean, you're making an important distinction here. I think this is a good sort of closer, which is distinguish technology that tries to automate people away mm-hmm. versus technology that actually empowers people and amplifies our ourselves. Yeah, but I'm going to make one humans. I've been thinking about this a lot because our, our the product we're about to launch has a lot to like our particular culture, our culture of like internet nerds who believe that computers are incredibly empowering and make smarter, better human beings. Mm-hmm. What do people actually do on the web all day? Shop for stuff. They shop for stuff. They watch videos and often they're watching videos about shopping for stuff. If the web has taught me anything, it's that we are extremely economic humans. Like, Things that you think are incredibly meaningful and deep, like your book club, tie back to a product called the book, or things like I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a beautiful home and decorate it with my my wife that I love, you know that involves a large transaction and a mortgage. Right? Yeah, there's this infrastructure. The web is infrastructure around those transactions, just as much as it's around I- life decisions, idea distribution, and document creation, and so on and so forth. I feel like. There's a product manager ethos of the greater human being that I'm just increasingly suspicious of as well, right? Like, I feel like if you're going to help people, you want to help them. And that's what we're trying to do. They're going to, like, pat me on the back before our product launches and everybody looks at us and blinks. Um, Yeah. but, But what we are consciously trying to do in this very room is look at people where they are and say, how can I make that better for you? Yeah. Yeah. Not just buying, also creating documents, also doing all that stuff. Very East Coast. Very East Coast. Humans are going to be in the loop. Yeah. We're humans are going to be in the loop. Put lots of humans in the loop and, and hope, but not too many at once. That's the yeah. other aspect. Well, that's not, that's a different podcast. Yeah. But that is a very different take from why are humans doing that? We can make machines do it, right? It's, and, it's funny. The West Coast ideology is like, don't let humans in the loop. But if you do, let them all in. Yeah. Let them, yeah, yeah, yeah. D- yeah. Just assume they'll be fine, yeah. which is another lesson you will We'll work out the details later. Yeah, you kind of learn when you're walking around New York City that you don't want to be in a room with everybody. So what you're saying, Paul, is that the best self-driving car is the one that uses a human. <laughs> that's uh, that's like an a Uber. a wheel Rich. and a gas that's a, pedal. That's a cab. And a brake. 
Exactly. No one would um, love self-driving cars more. No one is more ready. Yes. But yes. I have one though. It's called a bus. Yes. It's not quite self-driving. There's a human in the That's loop. That's insulting to the bus driver. But well, okay. but it's it's one to fifty ratio, so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I love my bus. I love uh, my bus driver. This this podcast has been sponsored by Aboard.com. We talked about this uh, throughout this podcast. Um, it's a new tool that we're making available real soon. Sign up to get in line. We're going to let wave a ton of people in very shortly. Um, it's a it's this really really cool platform that helps you organize your passions. Can't say any better than that. Check us out at uh, hello at ziadi4.com at ziadi4 on Twitter, but also at aboard on Twitter. Follow us. We're going to start tweeting soon. Tweeting. Yeah. Hell's yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to show it to you. Anyway, all right, Rich, let's uh, let's get back to work here. Have a good week.